Welcome to The Mindful Mess with Gene and Matt. I'm Gene. And I'm Matt. Let's make sense of our mess together. together. Hey, everyone. This is Matt. I'm a psychiatrist who is a queer, autistic, and an ex-Mormon survivor of trauma from conversion therapy. As an empath with emotionally impulsive nature, I seek growth in managing my reactions while learning how others experience the world. And a little bit about me, I'm Jean. Um, I am a first-generation queer Chinese-American, um, and I'm a fitness professional working in the city. Um, and a lot of what I'm bringing uh, to this conversation is uh, actually learning a little bit about the culture gap that I've kind of experienced my whole life and figuring out how to navigate my life experience through that cultural lens. Um, and I identify as someone who's uh, very analytical and very philosophical, but what I want to bring forth in this podcast is to uh, learn how to bring more emotionality to those conversations and ascribe deeper meaning to the things that we experience in our lives. We feel like uh, we both kind of bring two very different experiences and we hope that we can impart um, some of that on each other mm -hmm. um, in a way to find balance in our lives. Yeah. And we hope you guys enjoy, enjoy the ride with us. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode six, which is a continued episode um, on relationships. Picks up right where we were left off, which mm -hmm. is um, upon reflection. I was uh, really, really feeling my oats and just like totally going off in this conversation. So you can tell how much I care about this topic amongst all topics. But um, Matt's gonna tell us a little bit about what to expect here. Yeah, I mean, relationships are super important. Uh, I mean, there are studies that even show that people who have less connection die. Uh, or live shorter lives, they die sooner. Um, but um, we talk about uh, how not every not a relationship ending or shifting into a different form doesn't mean that it failed. Um, that uh, there are a lot of things that we can learn from each relationship, even the maybe really harmful, toxic, abusive ones. Um, we might find that we gain the most strength from or um, learn the best ways that we can protect ourselves the next time. Um, I kind of go off into a little bit of a, uh, a pondering of, you know, kind of along those lines, if you kind of notice that a relationship isn't really serving you in a certain way, you know, rather than grinning and bearing or, you know, explosively ending it, is there a way to transform the relationship into something that weighs a little less in your life, but can still be met with a little bit of love and understanding. So we talk about the idea of either downgrading or sort of laterally transferring the, the sort of closeness or the intimacy that you have in a relationship and giving, kind of giving it a different, a different outfit in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's so much that we could talk about with relationships and there's more that we'd, uh, um, like to discuss. And so you'll see that we, uh, leave things open for future conversations uh, to um, to continue this uh, on this topic. Yeah, many more topics covered at the you know tail end of this, but give it a listen and let us know what you think. We're gonna throw, I think uh, we'll throw a question into the uh, Spotify polls and hope to hear back from some of you all. So again, thanks for listening and we'll, we'll see you again next week. Like I, I feel like I, this may have been like, I forget where I picked this up, so I hesitate to, like, name anything because I don't want to misattribute. But, like, I definitely feel like I came across the saying that, like, relationships 
that end doesn't mean that the relationship failed. Yeah, I I mean I I think that I like that idea. I um I think cuz they can do so many things for us. Mm-hmm. Um like I think about even like my last relationship, my last romance anyway. Um which was just a whole lot of trouble <laughs> in my opinion. Um it was after that relationship that I grew the most. And it was because of that relationship that I grew as much as I did. Um, and so, like, even though it was a lot of pain, um, and that person and I will, like, never have a relationship uh, whatsoever again mm. um, in any form. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll probably never, like, really think fondly. <laughs> But <laughs> this is a, a, I, I, I feel like I gained from it. And so to me, that wasn't a fail. Yeah. I absolutely got what I should have out of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. I think that's, a, that's demonstrative of like growth mindset, learning mindset, kind of being like trials and tribulations are oftentimes great wisdoms in disguise. Mm-hmm. Or not in disguise, but they're, they are the, they're the tax you pay. For wisdom in a sense yeah right uh, or, the, or just the price um, but I don't know like I think it's it's very hard because when you're in your feelings about it you don't tend to think of this like what could I be learning from this <laughs> like you want to be like I'm so mad I want to put this anger and this blame somewhere or this hurt mm-hmm. someone needs to be responsible for this hurt and it's gonna be this person or it's gonna be the world or it's gonna be myself on all inflict harm on myself right mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like that whole framework is founded upon the assumption that the fact that a relationship didn't work out is somehow someone's fault and is somehow a failure, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we're perhaps a little too attached to that, like if my if a relationship that I engaged in quote failed, then I must have been so stupid to have gotten into it in the first place, or or I must have I must have done something wrong. And yeah. that it had that this happened or this person must have wronged me I somehow. definitely did that like it's like the stages of grief it's like there was the angry period mm-hmm. I had some guilt in there mm-hmm. um, yeah like I, there was some the, denial like, me maybe. blaming there me blaming myself like mostly the blaming myself was like why didn't you get out sooner <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but even <laughs> um, that like requires... or like why didn't you recognize this sooner you know totally um, but rather than like for any uh I'm certainly, I guess I, yeah, I could see my own like contribution to the like issue, some of the issues that would come. But like, um, even to that example, like what you said, why didn't I recognize this sooner? Yeah. In that moment, you're telling yourself, like, I could have, should have, would have been much more, could I could have been much more emphatic and much more holding my boundaries about this. But yeah it's not until that you went all the way there and you realized upon looking back that oh shit like Mm -hmm. i let some boundaries get crossed and i let some i let some things happen that like actually not okay with me it's in the reflection of realizing that that had happened that that's where the learning is the next time around you're like now i know that when this person treats me xyz way exactly not for me can't do that and really i think a better way to say like oh and what i came to was a better way to say why didn't I see this sooner or like why didn't I leave sooner was to actually no really what I need need to say is you know 
thanks to this, next time I will leave sooner. I was going to say, now I know. Yeah, now, now I, know I know is the phrase that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Now I know better about myself. But it wasn't achievable until I suffered through it, yeah. in a sense. And that's the sort of like, it's the folly of like human nature is that we don't tend to really learn until we suffer in some way. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, right? Oh, and and until experience we pain. And experience pain. And it's not until we understand that truth about life that we start to actually maneuver differently moving forward in life and kind of being like that's where the sort of like ability to like gauge your own emotions like feel your emotions but also understand that that's messaging that's your body giving you messaging that you can also cognate about yeah and being like i feel this way and why do i feel this way because some kind of boundary has been crossed and now i understand that like if i don't if i don't want to feel this way then i have to recognize where these situations where this boundary has been crossed in the past and being like when it comes up again I'm gonna act differently. Right? Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna uphold this boundary because I know what's what it's like when I don't. Yeah. And, I, and and it's it's not to my benefit usually. And that does require that like body awareness and emotional awareness. Because yeah. like, if, I mean, so often I think we and this could be an entirely different conversation too. But like often, we just say like, oh, I feel bad, but we don't like really stop and think about well, what is that bad feeling? Um, mm-hmm. And maybe instead of like, um, like a, yeah, just like focusing on that, honing in, is that anger? Is that sadness? Is it fear? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, if I can tap into what that is, what my body and my mind are telling me, um, then I can learn what it's trying to tell me and teach me in order to make the right choice. Because like if, if I'm angry, that be, that's meaning like a boundary was crossed. Um, or somebody's like um, disrespected me in some I mean that's basically yes that's the same thing as a boundary being crossed or disrespect yeah Um, and uh, like if I can use that I can then recognize that that means I need to establish that either establish it or re like open the discussion yeah Um, and if I have to like up the ante like escalate the consequence for what happens if this battery's crossed then I do mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean it's like I think so often we're taught that anger is bad but um, it can be a really really helpful tool if we use it wisely um, but yeah again that could be a totally different conversation but it could and I want to start I want to start talking about like boundaries and relationships already but like we'll have that, to do that after. I think I think that's gonna have to be a different yeah it's gonna be a different little chat um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about this. One thought that came to mind is sometimes there are relationships that we understand it's time to end them, and we do. Mm -hmm. And then there's relationships that are ongoing and they feel difficult, and you're not really sure how to navigate, but you know that you want. You know you want the relationship still, if you get what I'm saying. You want to yeah, fight. Like you want to fight for it. It's going through a hard time. It's going through hard. Like, but how do you know if the time is so hard that this is the break versus being like this? This is another one of the trials that ultimately I want to continue to yeah. forge through. You well, know I what I'm saying? You, I think all of these things that we're saying are things you weigh them all. Like, it's not just one thing. Yeah. It's like, do I have how much of this, which is like how do I how does what's the net feeling I get from this relationship um, how much of like 
um, of compatibility is still there as a result of like if have we grown in ways that are now just incompatible with each other um, and now and then like if if I'm having enough of each of those things um, balanced out with maybe like a um, how much work am I willing to put into this mm-hmm. is the other person willing to put in work mm-hmm. um, because That's you can't just do it as a as on, like solo yeah um, and you weigh all of those things um, and if uh, all of those things weigh out or I mean they, they balance or they they kind of tip the scale enough mm-hmm. then I think that's the something that is worth fighting for yeah it's such a personal judgment call don't you think it's kind yeah. of being like you know oh because the, the topic of reciprocity in those relationships is also really big most of us I think tend to look for relationships in which we're either getting back what we perceive to be about the same amount as we're putting in conceptually mm-hmm. or more right and I guess there's a point at which and you know again the metrics and the barometer of which are wildly unique depending on the person and their experiences it's like I'm at a point now where I feel like I'm not getting as much as out of this friendship or relationship as I'm putting into it mm-hmm. or I'm at a point now where I don't feel that same goodness that was kind of the reason I've been in this relationship until this yeah. point you know yeah or I'm no longer experiencing the reasons that I entered this relationship in the first place mm-hmm. or in this like form that it's in mm-hmm. um, maybe I still um, maybe I still like the relationship but maybe it doesn't fit in this same box that I've put it in anymore yeah is it possible to put you put them in a different box or you change you change the nature of the relationship in a way that doesn't necessarily mean that it's ending right we were talking about this a little bit before the show started but it's like we talk about like i think we talk about things and you'll see this mimicked in the workplace too and in business mm-hmm this sort of promotion oriented model of being like i'm meeting this person and i'm like oh our relationship is moving to this place where i'm like ready to go to the next level i'm mm-hmm. ready to like trust them with xyz things so i'm gonna give i'm gonna promote this friend in my mind this person is like now a closer friend to me yeah right but like maybe there is this reverse model which is like the demotion or the downgrade of kind of being like you know what and but like not necessarily having again not having to come from a place of malintent or like 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 um i don't want to say hatred that's like too strong a word but like out of a place of disdain Mm -hmm. say but rather just kind of being real about it kind of being like you know what this person and i used to like really vibe on this like deeper level and it's become clear to me that like that's not really what we want anymore what both of us want anymore yeah but like i still enjoy their friendship and i still care about them and i still want to be in each other's lives so like I'm just going to now like engage in more like this person was once a dear friend and now they're just going to kind of operate more like an acquaintance, Uh you know, and like for that to not necessarily have a negative charge to it. Yeah, I think so. And I don't even know that it always has to be necessarily like a demotion, I guess (laughs) in levels of friendship. um, But like, we like I, you were saying like, like um, going from like partner to friend, um, like, or like romantic partner to friend, like, they could even still be like quite significant. Like it, they could go to become like a best friend or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and still be really highly valued. 
Mm. Um, it doesn't necessarily, it could maybe just be like a, what do they call it? Like a, um, it's like a parallel, like promotion, not a promotion or. Yeah, it's a lateral move. Lateral move. So it's like um, the saturation to, again, give another analogy for this. The saturation of the love is the same. The hue, or let's say the intensity of the love is the same, but the hue or the shade of love or the flavor that you're kind of going for is now, like that you're experiencing is now a slightly different flavor, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I like that. No, you're right. I think that, I think it's important that if you have up or down, you can also have lateral. Like, and, and I mean, we talk about the same stuff in, in, in school like you know i think there is this idea that like oh to like to like relieve yourself of responsibility or to do less or to kind of being like i'm actually going to step down it doesn't have to be this like narrative of like oh like how shameful or like how how mm-hmm. sad right it could what, what if everyone's agreeing on this like being like yeah no like i love you and care about you but like you're right. I don't know that I feel romance between us anymore. Like mm-hmm. let's just be really close in all these other ways. Or I've seen it with like people, like dudes I've known that when they were younger married a woman and then like um, came out while they were married as gay. And so and like the the woman was really supportive and caring and understanding. Mm-hmm. And like they became like besties. Mm-hmm. Um, they and they were like, I mean they remained like family essentially, but they were just no longer like. Mm-hmm. a romantic relationship anymore yeah it's just like and i that's such a great story because i feel like that's such a great like um trajectory because i feel like it's indicative of the fact that like these two probably shared like a, a true friendship and there was some very real like really healthy love happening mm-hmm. and kind of being like you know maybe i'm not the person you like want to take to bed in that way but like i'm so attached to you and i love you so much as a person and i care I care so much that you are happy mm-hmm. that even if that flavor of love doesn't come from me, I'm so glad that you found a way to get it from someone in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really beautiful. Um, yeah. Or I once saw this photo of this family at their kid's soccer game. Yeah. And it was a man and woman with like, like with the kid. And so it had, I'm dad, I'm mom. And then the woman had a man with her and the man had a woman with him and it was i'm mom's husband i'm dad's wife like but they were just like still family yeah but they were divorced yes i mean i think that takes an immense amount of maturity and understanding to kind of be like listen like we're not going to draw like possession lines on who belongs to who Mm -hmm. like we know who the biological parents of this children are of, of this child or these children are um, there's no, there is no conflict. There is no fight about that. There is no insecurity of like you have this, you have this thing with this other person. Mm-hmm. I have what I have with you, and a little bit of this like it takes a village mentality too. Yeah. To kind of be like, listen, we are all four of us here to make sure that this little boy or this little girl, this little human being, just has a life full of love and affirmation mm-hmm. and support. That's and grows all, into just an awesome human. That's all we're here to do. And like you really have, you got to get everyone to buy in on that and yeah. be deliberate and intentional and maintain yeah. that effort. And you know, what? it's like they did, they just like decided, you know, I uh, like we just don't meet each other's needs and mean the same that we did. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. And we both deserve to find that though, um, and have that in our lives. Yeah, I think the the 
topic that, that makes me want to move into a little bit is like just how diverse and how unlimited and expansive the nature of, I'm going to say adult relationships mm-hmm. can be, you know, the like broad, broad definition. And I would say that like, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to give full credit to the LGBTQ community for establishing this, but I think that, I think that this population of individuals is Proportionally speaking, a little bit more outspoken and a little bit more innovative in this space. When it comes to relationships, for when, sure. Exactly. Which is yeah. kind of being like, actually, <laughs> there is exactly no right way yeah. or wrong way, for that matter. could start out as like a platonic friend that then becomes a like sexual relationship, but then it goes maybe romance, but then it's like back to friend. Like, yeah, and like it could stay all of, like you could stay close. Totally. Um, I mean, and as I'm, long as there, yeah, there is still that like I love and respect that. for each other. Oh, yours did it now. <laughs> Our watches. Okay. Yes, it can be incredibly diverse. Like I'm even thinking like not necessarily moving within that spectrum of like you with a single person and kind of being like as this particular dynamic flourishes over time or changes over time. Like what are we calling this? How are we identifying with this? But even kind of like what you were describing before of being like you know what. I'm someone who considers myself polyamorous, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm someone who can like love this person and love that person in like different but equal ways, relatively equal ways, right? Or kind of being like, you know, I was married to and like divorced this person, but honestly, I like still want them to raise my child. Yeah. Right? Like to me, marriage meant this. Or we are and besties. I, yeah. It's like marriage meant this to me. I know for a fact that this, like, let's say you're, you know, a gay man, like, have this uh, marriage and having a husband meant XYZ to me. I know for a fact that 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 my uh, ex-husband is not that man for me, is not that person for me. But I, I know for a, a damn well fact as well that I want that I want my ex-husband to be the other father of my child and kind of being like, I want that to work. And mm-hmm. like there's actually nothing stopping you from letting that from working that out. You know, it's I think it's just like that's the point I'm trying to make is that like it is actually ex- it's, it's whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, um, we're always, you know, pushing um, the envelope there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. setting a setting up what um, like the prog- the like pace for the progress of society. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it comes from a place of everyone who's involved coming to the table and knowing what they need, knowing what they want, having developed a sense of boundaries and knowing what is within bounds and what is not within bounds and having a mutual respect for everyone else involved Mm -hmm. which is that's a lot of work you know what i mean like that requires a lot of really looking within yourself and like i would say like it's not as if you have to enter these dynamics with all of that already under your belt but you definitely have to be aware that that's what it takes and number two willing willing to take it on willing well, to do the work yeah i mean i think i mean the gays are disproportionately in therapy like <laughs> yes i want to see those statistics like, pop, yeah right yeah <laughs> percentage in therapy versus like the outside the non- of the queer yeah, community exactly like the percentage of them in therapy like it's certainly you it's got like it would not surprise me if it was like like so like so high so totally <laughs> i mean your relationship to your therapist is even a unique kind of relationship mm-hmm. it is this one of conditional reciprocity where it's like actually we don't give each other as much as possible and in fact 
that relationship is what makes what we're trying to get out of this relationship possible. Mm -hmm. By being my therapist, and this is a bit of a side now, you, I have no need to actually know anything about your life. In fact, it's probably inadvisable for you to share personal details with me yeah. or maybe even consider professionally unethical, right? It's like, so as a result, it's always about me in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. And it's the only way that I ends up being, because what you are is you're actually a sort of trained mirror. Like you're just here to help me maybe restate oh, yeah. and clarify what is actually going through. And especially for those of us who process externally like myself, I don't tend to really oftentimes sit with things until I'm hearing the words come out of my mouth. Oh a, yeah. A lot of times I, I found my I find myself saying in revelatory conversations, "Oh, now that I say that out loud, like that's kind of dot mm -hmm. dot right? Oh, that's kind of stupid. Not stupid. I don't want to. It's not. I don't want. I'm not self degrading. It's like now that I'm saying now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing how irrational that was, or I'm realizing yeah. how selfish I'm being in that situation, or I realize how inconsiderate that person was of me. Oh my God, I should be more upset." Right yeah. at this person, or yeah, I'm yeah, kinda, no. <laughs> you reminded going. me of uh, there's a um, there's a Netflix documentary that Noah Hill or Jonah Hill, not Noah Hill. Jonah is Hill. it Stutz? Yeah, stop. You watched it? Yes, I did. Me too. Oh my okay. God. The quote that is my favorite part is when he goes, "You know, like it's funny. You have because they're like therapists. A lot of times, like therapists, psychiatrists, they're like taught not to give advice, like." Um, that like that's not you that's not what your role is your role is to help somebody come to their own conclusions yeah. Um, yeah. but like and so Stutz is like he's very not that no, he's like here's what you if you want to make your life better here's what you need to do and so honestly I wish I could do that sometimes um, not everybody's really ready for that um, but uh, um, like, it's also a certain kind of risk you take as, as a professional in that industry is that like for one, it is, I suppose, by, I mean, you tell me because you actually practice in this place, but like I imagine there's moral, ethical guidelines around how you're supposed to engage, like what's considered a liability. Yeah. Right? Like that you never want to step into a place where it's like, well, my therapist told me to do this. So any trouble I'm in now is my therapist's fault. Yeah, because any liability can fall on you. Right. Um, like if they do something and it goes bad. Even if, like, they didn't maybe do it properly. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah, it could fall back if it was something that, like, I, like, prescribed or recommended. Yeah. Um, but um, um, what I love was um, Jonah Hilgo says, um, you know, you come to your therapist who's this, like, expert, trained mental health professional. Um, to get advice. To get advice. And you don't and get any. And they, and they just sit and listen. Mm -hmm. And you go to your friends who could be very dumb. And like. <laughs> they give you unsolicited they, advice. They, and all you wanted was for them to listen. Yeah, all you wanted was for them to listen. I loved that. I thought he pointed out a beautiful irony. <laughs> yeah. I remember that line quite clearly. For those of you listening, it's like. Stutz is a documentary that Jonah Hill made. It's on. About Net his psychiatrist. It's Netflix, it's right? Netflix, yeah. His name is Phil Stutz, I believe. And he's fantastic. And so we'll put that in the little show link, yeah. show notes. Um, but yes, I totally agree. And I remember the Stutz was saying like, he was like, for me, the overriding philosophy is this, is that like when you come in to see me and you're like in the pits about something, my aim for you as your therapist is you need to walk out of that room at the end of that session feeling like you have something you can do yeah. now to help put yourself in a better position. What you don't 
what he, I, I think, and I'm paraphrasing his philosophy a bit here, is that what I don't want is for someone to come in, we talk a bunch, and they come out and they're either just as powerless or more confused yeah. about what to do, right? Yeah. And he was like, I just don't see how that really fulfills my mission as like w what they're hiring me to do for them. Yeah. Right? And so like, I thought that was a very interesting take. It's uh, but it's definitely like, not everybody is ready for that. Right. Um, but uh, um, I mean, we got off kind of again. I, <laughs> I, I guess I was thinking about like, you were talking about the therapy relationship mm -hmm. and I started thinking about like my own therapist and yeah, I mean like I enact out my, like I enact mommy issues with her all the time. Like uh, mm -hmm. she definitely helps me um, in that way. Reenact like another relationship right? Um, in order to like work through that. It's a uh, um, almost like a role play. No, not even. We don't like actually do role play, but because mm -hmm. she is like a motherly figure. Um, you find yourself engaging with her in a way that you might engage with your yeah. mother. Like what we, the word that we use in therapy, it, it, the therapy term for that is called transference. Okay. So like I have a mommy transference with the, my therapist. Okay. And transference is something, well, if the therapist can use it properly, it can be a really positive tool to help people work through like past, um, mm -hmm. um, maybe past like issues that they've had yeah. um, or past like per, past trauma. Um, and so, cause a lot of times the, the reason that therapists are taught to be blank slates and not really give of their personal information is so that, so that people can enact can almost like the they therapist can, can be become a they... mirror for the person that they have a problem with, um, or that oh, they have pain God. with that they need to work through and heal from. It's like the patient through their wet, through their communication with the therapist actually turns their therapist into the chameleon like a chameleon of like whatever the yeah. likeness is of whoever they need um, to interact with they're like a golem <laughs> they're, for... that's what that's that's what i mean yeah. like they kind of transform to take the shape of the thing that of the beast yeah in a way if i mean if that's the way that it's going i feel like i maybe have a different relationship with my therapist i, I don't know like it is definitely a reflecting back of a lot of things mm -hmm. but i'm curious if there's any transference happening it, yeah, so, I mean, some people are drawn to, like, therapists, maybe through that. Um, I mean, there are definitely times where if you've ever felt, like, conflict come up with your therapist, mm -hmm. that's likely the result of, like, a transference or, like, um, like some kind of projection um, of, like, past hurt. Mm -hmm. um, now, I mean, like, could they be, like, actually a problem? Sure. Like, they're humans, too, so they can certainly be flawed. Um, but that could also be like a sign that that's something that's going on. Um, or like, um, for people or like that are more dependent, um, they might have a transfer. It's just a really like they become, they can have really positive. Um, they see them as they like, pedestalize them. They, them. yeah, they put them on a pedestal. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, well, let me, let me lean into the transference concept for, for a little bit. Cause I think this takes us to one more topic we wanted to talk about today. I'm gonna like I'm gonna kind of use the ins the general inspiration of transference to talk about this, but the topic of it being um, like giving different people in your life a certain kind of role in your life. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, we talk about like um, in the queer community, we talk about your your biological family versus your chosen family. Mm -hmm. So that's where transference is kind of inspiring me here. Is like we turn over the roles of who we're supposed to kind of consider as our family members 
to different people who like aren't we're not related to by blood per se mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think uh um i think that oftentimes it unfortunately happens in the queer community that um people don't have close relationships with their family or they've been very harmed by their family and um it's not safe for them to be close to their family um and uh and so they um they find family in others um i don't think that it's not necessary i think for there to be a rupture in the family in the or relationship with the family of origin though for people to still find family within the community because it's really hard to connect with um with people that you don't maybe identify with in the same way um and when you're the only one like the odd the one queer in the family or something like that uh, like the odd person out um you want to find a place where you feel more belonging yeah one thought that comes to mind as you say that is i feel like when you're in a family what you have is roles in mm-hmm. play yes there is a a mother a father maybe there's like a mother and a mother or a father and a father point being they their titles yes then you have a child or you have a son or a daughter or you have in a sibling situation you have a brother or a sister or a sibling right and then you have like the extension of all those things grandparents aunts uncles second cousins whatever right mm-hmm. um, in-laws and I feel like what happens there is that you have all of these titles and I feel like the titles themselves have almost become tropes or like storylines of like how a certain like the kind of behaviors that a person adopts mm-hmm. we use it all the time like oh like they just have like very motherly quality or they have a very like they have a very like fatherly quality right or like this person's just like my like it's just, this is my annoying little brother right mm-hmm. like always been that person and i feel like with chosen family not only is it a chance to forge relationships with whom it's like oh like i'm voluntarily participating in this relationship but it's also like it's also happening in a way that's very free of titles. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think maybe you you might like if you have a chosen family, you kind of be like, oh, you know, this person's sort of the matriarch of the family. Yeah, I think we like. I think even like our group, we have a little bit of. You think so? We have like oh, like the zany we, little tyke, like the mischief have, monster. <laughs> we do have a baby of the family. Don't we know? <laughs> <laughs> and we do have a. Uh, we think. Oh, I think uh, we have like a dad. I think I'm more family. of the dad. You think you're the dad in the family? I would say you're kind of the dad in the family, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Um, I think we have there. Are di- I think we have different roles and stuff that yeah. people take on. Yeah, in but some I, ways. But I think it's kind of like I guess on one hand I'm kind of both like challenging the notion of putting those kinds yeah. of labels, but I also recognize and I think I find humor and joy in the fact that we sometimes also assign those titles Mm -hmm. because it's a little bit like yeah like you know what if i need a dad joke like i don't go to my own dad i go to like the dad of my chosen family it's like they're the ones who've always got one ready and like i think that can be like i don't know for many of us who feel like we may have lost something in our childhood or lost something even in in present time with our current family it's like but it's nice to know that i can kind of get that energy somewhere else yeah you know so i don't know I think about I think about chosen family I don't know that I've really put like um, super strong like um, I don't know parameters or like criteria by which I've kind of come to a place of being like oh this person I consider family mm-hmm. you know 
Um, I guess it's just like people who I'd say like I love. I think it's those that like. I guess that's kind of what I was describing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Was like. Family are the people that I can feel comfortable and secure with. Yeah. Um, that also just like bring so much joy. Uh, and like and meet certain values that I have within the relationships. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I think it's um, like you feel you can really be yourself mm-hmm. around them, mm-hmm. which is what I think we all wish our biological families would sometimes give us. We don't all, we don't all get that. Yeah. You know? um, and people who are kind of like there's a reciprocity happening here. Like I get the sense that like I, like I was saying earlier, I get mm-hmm. the sense that this person gives me back at least as much as I put in, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and feeling like they're they're good people good people yeah yeah this was lovely i i like this we can i'm sure we can jump into all other kinds of things on relationships but this feels like um yeah i think we still i think did we touch all of the points that we wanted to um here and there a little bit yeah there's probably um, there's way more that can be said i feel like about relationships we but. can i mean do you want to get into it right now oh i mean no i'm i don't know if this is if we have time right where now. we are right now uh let's you know what let's put a pin in it right now and this is surely going to continue at a later date so more on relationships later mm-hmm.